Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot, which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Author. Wait, wait, John. Wait, wait, wait. John wasn't cheering. What was happening? Boo! Same Burns. Eugene is the author of Fight Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass-Kicking, But We're Afraid You Get Your Ass-Kicked for Asking. He's the host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack. I'm also joined by John Nash, host of the Show Money podcast co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Now today, we are looking ahead to UFC 277. But first, let's talk about last night's card. Now, John is really quiet today because I get to take the victory lap. Yeah, that's what we like. There we go. With everyone here... Kindly step to the rear and let the winner lead the way. I just want to say the show was so much more enjoyable the last couple of weeks. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, too bad, too bad for you. However, I, I, listen, I need to say, uh, yesterday was a little ridiculous. Can we can we collectively agree that if you were to start watching the fight when it started at 9 a.m. California time and were to watch it to the end? It was 8.15 p.m. California time. That's eight hours and 15 minutes of MMA. No one needs this. No Wait, one. That, your, your math is way off there. From, really? From 9, from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m.? I started watching the fights at 9, 9, yep. 9 10, yep. right about then. Watched them straight up until I had to train jiu-jitsu at noon, train for two hours, get back in the car, Turn it on, and the fights are still on. And they remained on until 5.15 that afternoon. 5.15. Okay, you said 8.15 the first time. No, that'd be, a, that'd be 11 said, hours. I said 8 hours and 15 minutes of fighting because I know math, Mr. Financial's columnist. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a long. I missed the last fight. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Well, you didn't miss much. Man. I know. I lucked out in that in that sense. <laughs> It was on no, so so was that was that unusual? I mean, or am I an outlier here? Eight hours and fifteen minutes of fighting seems excessive. It seems excessive, but that's that's a standard card sometimes, especially a big card. Yeah, you, you know what? It. Do you know they, how they paced I'm, it? They had that awful pacing too, though. Well, listen, you know about commercials, right? I mean, I'm sure John knows this. That if you see the same commercial. 
it doesn't mean that they did and they did an increased and improved buy, right? It means that they got a break on commercial. So if you see the same commercial more than one time during an event, that's not a good sign. It means they can't sell that ad space. Where is the money being made? Where is it going? Who's it going to? What the hell is going on? Eight hours and 15 minutes. They can't sell ad space against it. How can they justify it? Well, that's that's a problem with the UFC and the fan base, too, because there's no reason people – I mean, we do it. That's kind of the gimmick the show. Steph has to do it. But the whole point of the show is not to watch everything. Right. And the, the problem is we've got to this point where everybody assumes you got to watch everything at a UFC event. Everything. And now really, we we don't narrow our focus enough on the fights that really count. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you have to take into consideration that Eugene is a martial artist of the mixed kind. And he's been away for three weeks. So he gets back and there's this big London card. So I imagine Eugene planted himself and said, Hot damn, big ass MMA card. I'm gonna watch every fight. That's yeah. what you did, didn't you? I did. I, I did. Know. Outside of two hours, I was training, during which I probably missed 1.5 fights. Uh, yeah, I watched everything. <laughs> yep. I to the consternation of people I live with. <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and take a look at this card. We're going to start at the top. Curtis Blades, Tom Aspinall. You know what? This fight looked like it was on its way. Blades had landed already two good shots because in the clips, if you just do what John sometimes does when he has company or he has to work, he'll check out... He'll check out just the clips. And if that was what you did, because you can literally watch about Mm, let's see here um <laughs> almost all of it in this one clip because it only lasted 15 seconds so if you just watch the little gif that's going around you could get a pretty good idea of what happened there but there's actually about a five second clip with audio and you can hear michael bisping say he just land Curtis Blades just landed two clean ones. And then Blades steps in. He land he pops him two more times right as Tom is coming in with that kick. Now there that doctor, Dr. Abbasi, the orthopedic surgeon that, that works with the UFC and uh, also has his own thriving practice outside of working with the UFC athletes uh, at one of the performance institutes, I believe. Anyways, he did, looked at all the angles that were available and he noted something with Aspinall's patella. And um, there's a point in the video right when the, the kick lands, it looks like his patella is just jiggling everywhere. It, it was kind of weird. You could see it. It looks, and he said it looks like one of the tendons, either on the right or the left, he wasn't sure which, popped. And that's what made the patella just float around and jiggle the way it was. As soon as that kick landed, you could see it. So I'm thinking that maybe something happened there. And Eugene, having had leg injuries can probably confirm or tell us something along those lines. 
Well, I was looking. My mine was a ruptured quadricep tendon, and it rolled up like a cheap Venetian blind. You could see it bundled under the skin, about four inches above the knee. So mine wasn't a a, a, a patellar thing, but it, it was impossible to continue. So from that point of view, it's not like there was any toughen it out that could be done. And I happened to be fighting Kung Lee when it happened, so it's not like I was just goofing off with some amateur, right? So, um, but the patella is something else. I don't know. I would say the support structures around it gave way. But, I mean, this recalls for me that these guys are operating right at the the naked, bleeding edge of of abilities, right? So that, uh, you know, like if Usain Bolt were to go a fraction of a second faster, his body would meet total collapse. And I think that's that's what we saw. Um, I mean, people are pontificating today about, oh, two headline, you know, two main card fight. Yeah. And, I mean, there's nothing, you know, this is going to happen. Is yeah. I, it, it, it's free, and I also defend uh, Curtis Blades. Like, run it back for what? God loved me more today. Fuck you. Excuse me. Excuse, excuse the language. So uh, um, I think that uh, it, it happens. Um, I like Trent Trent Reinsmith's take on it. You know, uh, it's on Aspinall. Whatever. Back to the drawing board. Fix it. Come back. Prove yeah. something to somebody. But Curtis Blades is under no obligation to do anything other than what he's done. And you know it was cool. They they had a beer afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, it. We, we're seeing a lot of good sportsmanship and stuff. I I just think that's so cool. I even I even enjoyed the tea bagging. I thought that that was in the spirit of good sportsmanship as well. Though, but I I, I train at a pirate ship, you know. So what do I know? I thought it was funny too. Jordan yeah, and I, and I and I and moreover, I don't think that Jordan Levitt was upset by it. So yeah. I think you know he was um, he should have been correctly amused by it. You know, I mean, I anytime somebody anytime somebody gets teabagged where where I train, I have an actual song that I sing, <laughs> uh, and it's goes it goes like this: balls, 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 and it makes everybody just feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> oh, I thought you'd gone with the accept song. Ah, yeah right exactly good for you balls to the wall you know one thing we've always wondered about jordan levitt is how to pronounce his name and there are times when you have said jordan levitt and you even had something about love it or leave it or something along those lines. no it was a, it was a commercial uh for a furniture store on long island ah. you love it at levitt's well his act his name is actually leave it yeah 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 yeah. I, I didn't know that though. <laughs> and he's a and he's a happily married man. Yeah, but here's the thing: when he wins, he twerks on someone. So Patty's response to that was to do the tea bag, but he was pretty funny about it. He wasn't gross. Or he, can you imagine? Well, that and, and it wasn't really a correct tea bag. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he it, you know, yeah. The, the testicles funny. have to be on the person's face to be. Correct. Right. He just did it for for the funny value, and and yeah. I could I could get with that. That was funny. I thought it was cool. Uh, John, I, what did you think? Well, about the tea bag. Let me. I, I didn't. I didn't rate it that high a tea bag. I thought it was kind of a failed attempt at a tea bag. Wasn't impressed. <laughs> but but the best analysis I saw is someone they had a whole thing. MMA media went nuts for a while because you know we always we looking for clicks. That's what we that's what we do because we need to drive traffic. But article after article about. The debate between the twerking and the teabag, who's going to do what to who? And, and I just love someone's comment was basically like, we call this a sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know. 
John, what did mm. you think of Aspinall and Blades, though? It, I missed it. I had to step away for, you know, a couple minutes. I, I was like, oh, I got to get back, see the fight. I got back, it's over. I didn't see the replay or anything, the highlight, because they were talking endlessly. So I I didn't see anything about it. I see, uh, I can't, I saw the entire main card and a couple of the prelims. So that was the only fight I missed because it was over in 15 seconds. And, but I don't know. It, to me, it sounds like the question I have, and I haven't seen the clip yet, was the injury caused by, was Aspinall hurt before he came in? Did he do something to hurt himself? Or was it from a strike that hurt Aspinall from Blades? No. Blades no, it, no, he a, threw a, a kick. No, he he threw a kick. Yes. They were going at it, and, and the two strikes that had landed before he walked through, you could see. I mean, it, it yeah. wasn't like he was staggered. And then Blades throw, is throwing two more as Tom is also throwing, and he's throwing a kick. And that kick, I mean, literally, the second it lands, he he grabs his his knee, he falls to the ground. I mean, the 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 reaction, the the way also the doctor noted along with that patella thing that he noted that looked really bad, he also noted the way that he landed on his foot and the way that it turned a certain way would indicate also that one of those ligaments gave way on the side that that was also yeah. indicative yeah. of that same injury. So we, we, and he, ha I mean, he has multiple angles inside two videos so that you can yeah. see what he's talking about. And he, he's got his little, you know, his John Madden pin thing going on and everything. So we're having a professional take a look at this. And he says that while it's not super crystal clear, that's what he thinks is going on there. Well, you know, and listen, I tried to zap Bruder it as well and watch, but I was so disgusted at that point that I was like, well, that's it. I mean, Blades was my pick, I think, right? So I was like, well, whatever, I'm not going to stick. And the reality of it is nobody who's sane believes that Aspinall did that on purpose, right? right? So why question Why question the nature of the injury? It's like, whatever, okay, next, so. Right. So, Okay. Let's get to Jack Hermanson and Chris Curtis. You know what? Chris Curtis was a sore loser in that. And if he was so angry with Hermanson's kicks and the, you know, the, the way the, the direction the fight went, then he should have done more to stop them. Well, you know, what's funny about this. I, uh, at one point, um, you know, my kids used to train down at AKA, used to train at yeah, Kung Lee's place. And some of the pro fighters there would see, you know, knew I knew a little, hey, let's get it and we'll, we'll, we'll fight. And so I took on uh, Jose the Matador Palacios. So we get in the cage and um, I start, we start full MMA, right? And he's avoiding me. He's, I outweigh him by about 40, 50 pounds. Uh, okay, this is a good strategy. About six minutes in, I realized, uh, I can't breathe. Not a strike has been thrown. I've been following him around, trying to get him swinging and missing, trying to get him swinging and missing. And then, of course, I look with consternation that when he realizes I can't breathe, then he comes in and puts the work in. That was, an, that was good fight IQ. That was a superior gamesmanship. And I was an idiot, right? Um, but I'm not a professional fighter. Chris, as far as I'm concerned, should have seen which way the wind was blowing that first round and made an adjustment before the third round. 
You know, um, you know, everybody could see go on, go on the one, go on the one, get in front of the guy. He's, you know, he's in and he's out. You got to, it's your obligation to stop it, understand his frustration, but come on, this is, you want a sport with hugs, go to, go to ice skating. This is not it, you know, John. Yeah, it was, it was actually a dreadful performance. Mm -hmm. It was very frustrating because he didn't, he was getting killed and it's like, he's upset at uh, Hermanson for what, for beating the crap out of you. For, for not getting hit and hitting you, kind of the number one rule of prize fighting. Right. It's the art yeah. of being, it's the art of hitting while not being hit, and yeah. which is exact. I mean, he's out striking you like three or four to one, some ridiculous number. Yeah. And he didn't, and it's frustrating too, because you can see it's like, it's very simple stuff. It's like, obviously all you're doing is advancing to a guy with much longer reach who's timing you. It's like, you got to either cut him off or, or something like close the distance and, and dirty box or do something else. But he tried nothing. And I don't know. It was it was a dreadful fight, tell you the truth. Hey, listen, listen. I One of my first jiu-jitsu competitions, I beat this guy with a smother, right? Also known as mother's milk or Gordon Craig calls it uh, a chest smother. And I stand up like thinking I was going to like everybody was going to be. And the entire uh, viewing assembly like turned their backs on me. <laughs> I was like. Screw you guys. That guy didn't have to tap if he didn't want to tap. He chose to tap. I win. You all can go straight to hell. So I say the same. I didn't pick Hermanson to win, but I defend his, his win 100%. All right. Well, you didn't pick this fight at all, actually. I did. I did. I, I came in with a late addition, if you remember. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes all three of us that got it wrong because, you know, I, I, I like Chris Curtis. I liked his story. I like the fact that, you know, in one night in a tournament, he retired twice, but he, he dug in, he stuck it out, and then he gets into the UFC on short notice, and he's he rattled off wins, big wins, and then he meets a really tough guy and... He didn't make the adjustments and he lost. No, I don't say tough. Like I say smart. If he hadn't lost, I mean, if he hadn't acted like a, a sore loser in this, I, I would have given him a pass. But now I have this this image of him being an asshole. So, I, I kind of like that, though. Yeah, I they, guess. They, but he doesn't have any room to be an asshole, though. You know, the, that the, image, the, the image I got is of uh, is Eugene pulling an Emmanuel Yarbo and smothering someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was pretty close the way it was, man. I mean, what were you eating a lot at that point? What was going on? I was probably about two fifty. Yeah, I was at. Oh, okay. That's well, kind of what kind of what you weigh now? I think probably. I don't weigh close to that right now, but I yeah, just like, I, I, much I just more. Like, I just like much the more idea that. that you just keep getting away. What are you doing, training? <laughs> all right guys let's move on to that patty pimlet jordan leave it fight which was damn good and people have to remember jordan leave it is a, a high level black belt and patty pimlet i believe is also a black belt they're both really good grapplers patty pimlet I thought he was very dominant in this fight. I thought Jordan Leavitt put up a damn good defensive fight, but you do not win for defense. You do not win for not going for the submissions. I mean, Patty was all over him. That was a good fight. And uh, 
Patty was fun in the end, but also he had a, a serious message. Uh, I liked his message. I don't know. I uh, Patty's entertaining to me. And Eugene, you spoke about this the last time he fought, that he has definite value here in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, He this this felt to me legitimate um the the first round i felt was competitive i don't think he but but there was um they they met on equal ground i felt and uh that move that he pulled um in the second round that was that was nails that was that was that was a good solid move that was i mean we were talking about today at jujitsu that was something that wasn't like i mean considering that they don't have wrestling as a, as a high school sport in England. I mean, this was, uh, it was, it was full on. It was, I feel much better about him than I feel about Ian Gary or who, who's the other great British hope that everybody seems to kind of be loving. That's, but who's unproven in my mind. It was the other one, not him. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway. Um, I think, I think it, it was credible, legit. And I still like the guy. Uh, however, his comment at the end, I find myself feeling, I want to quote Paul Bowles, if you remember, the guy who wrote Sheltering Sky, and uh, he was talking about how beautiful it is in Tangiers. He's like, you know, Tangiers is really beautiful. You must come and see it sometime, but please don't come and see me. So I, I defend Pimlet's message. Yes, men should talk to each other, but I just want to put it out there. Don't come talk to me because I, I won't help. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm a realist here, so... Oh my lord, <laughs> John! Like, like, can can you take me off of this plane of existence and put me back in the fight? <laughs> so I, I'm, hey, I'm telling the truth. I don't want to hear your problems. I got enough of my own. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't listen to post fight stuff, so I didn't even hear. It, but it just it always strikes me as weird. Like, I'm gonna teabag you now. Like, let me talk to you seriously about mental health. And uh, you know, it's, it's well, just, he put he put on, he put on the black armband too, so you knew yeah, something was up. Yeah. yeah, he's done that every every post fight uh inter- interview basically has he called out some some uh tragedy some tragedy some subject in the scotland the local area the of be supporting or something so it, it seems to be his running gimmick which good for him i mean but still it's not i don't really care about that i'm not watching fighting to become socially aware so <laughs> oh my uh, god but, i am i am partnered up with a pair of curmudgeons jesus but i will say this it was a i if the fight kind of went how I, I said it would go. I thought they matched just because they thought Patty would win, and he did. It was an impressive showing that was actually entertaining for a fight that nothing really happened that first round except the last 30. It was entertaining to see them fight for position. I thought yeah, that was I kind of mesmerizing. It. Yeah. And yep. and I also think that's a great example, too, that, that fight, except for the last 30 seconds that made it obviously, I think, a Patty Pimblett round about how grappling in MMA works where you, without throwing a strike, he didn't take a lot of damage, so without throwing any strike, really, Jordan won that was winning that first round. Why? Yep. Because he was constantly moving, trying to set himself up for something better. Yep. And so I thought that was a great round for people to study. Like that's you know that's how you win with grappling without throwing strikes. But when soon the damage came, and then that that was thrown out the out the window. I will say this for Patty: I I don't give him still don't give him much of a chance against the top of the division. I when he gets against people that can grapple and strike. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't give much of a chance on the UFC. I keep doing what they're doing for as many fights as possible because they're selling out the O2. The guy's a major star there. And then wait, maybe you luck out and someone, a Matt Sarah situation happens and someone wins the lightweight title. 
and you jump on it right then and give him the offer. Yep. Yep. All right. So we're going to move on to Alexander Gustafson taking another. Oh, this this was a heartbreaking oh. loss. But we we must give Nikita Krilov his props. You know, the man can grapple. And the man has always had he a heater. So I um I didn't have any problems at all with this fight happening and I didn't have a problem sitting and watching it. I'll tell you what though. It was kind of sad for Gustafson. <laughs> it really. Well, I tell you, I've been a Nikita, uh, a Nikita uh, stand for a long time. However, I thought understanding the lay of the land, realizing to, to break the Johnny Boney Joni curse, that everybody who's come close has had a precipitous fall post fighting him, a la uh, uh, the Hammer and then the, the Dominic Reyes. That you know, I thought that he would say, "That's not going to happen to me." And that's precisely what did happen to him. And it was it was it was sad. There's a there's a brief spot where afterward he's sitting there on the cage with his like knees drawn up and his hands around his knees. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, that's where you are now. Not even executive. You should have embraced the role initially when you could at the time of being an executive level gatekeeper. But that is not what happened. John. Yeah, I was sad. I, I don't. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't care about this fight, did I? No, neither one of us did. Only yeah, Eugene did. Yeah. Eugene picked Gus um, because Eugene has a big heart where Gustafson is concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's. I mean, that's why I didn't care because I, I kind of thought it would go, but he's long, long over the hill, and it's. I. I mean, ho- I mean, hopefully he retires. Hopefully he, you know, he made. Compared to most fighters, he probably made a decent amount of money, but not nearly what he should have considering he was in you know three three times he fought for the title and several times was on main events of uh tv broadcast so well he can open up a school whatever you know i don't know yeah but yeah it's you know it's sad it's it's sad to see old guys lose and stuff and which is why i wish they would retire and not lose so i don't have to see it but uh it is what it is crazy to hear john call him an old guy he's just 35 it's just that he's been around since 2007 yeah that's a long time in the fight business 15 years but gustafson has had a relatively short career in that he in 10 years over the past 10 years he's had 10 fights (laughs) <laughs> I, I yeah you know what I, I i'm gonna have to go back to uh randy couture on this and i think about that all the time what he said about his last fight he goes i felt like i was standing still out there and i'm like yeah man that's time it's time and the thing is you know what johnny boni joni said about the people so watch what happens to them after they fight me it's not so much a physical uh, uh, uh decline that but i think their heads go um, um, or in the case of Gustafson, I think it was probably a combination of both, right? Like first his head went, we was like rejected the role of executive gatekeeper and tried to pull an Achilles. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, 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 I'm not participating. I'm going to sit, I'm taking my ball and going home. And that two years, or however long he stayed away, that wasn't restorative. That was clearly not restorative and that worked against him. So now he comes back with a mental decline and a physical decline and, you know, good for Nikita. That's mm-hmm. what I, I'm, I'm, you know, back. I should never have doubted him in the first place. So. All right. Now we're going to get to another really fun fight. 
Molly McCann, Hannah Goldie. Hannah Goldie, to me, reminds me of Starlight from The Boys. If Starlight was, you know, tall and totally shredded in the body of a freaking Olympian. <laughs> and uh, Molly McCann, who is just the very definition of go in there and take what she wants. I love Molly McCann. I can't help it. Her Her energy, her whole vibe, she just... She's the epitome of what I want to see in a fighter, uh, male, female. It doesn't matter. I mean, she is just, and she's like a bullet out of a gun. As soon as they say go, she's on, she's in fifth gear from the start. I love that. I mean, she immediately wants to get right in the pocket. She is chasing you down. She'll eat some to, to throw some. I love it. And I love that she willfully she it's obvious that she's training it now but she loves that spinning shit okay and it works my god she's she zinged hannah goldie so bad with that spinning elbow it was easy for her to just land punch after punch after punch on her because she had goldie so dazed with that elbow it was a good performance i loved it yeah i'm 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 a fan i'm a fan I'm the opposite. I don't like her. I don't like her personality. I just uh, drives me nuts. Actually, she's fun to watch fight. I'll say that her fights are her fights are fun. She knocks people out. But I just what I don't like. I don't like fighters that are just like they're happy to be there, just happy to be there. Oh, and I'm oh, you shouldn't be just happy to be there. That's not the reason you're there. All right. Well, this is time for me to quote David Yao in response. Got to paraphrase what he said to me at one time. What the hell is wrong with you, John? What do you mean? What's wrong with me? That what's the, the happy to be there thing? Just it just grates me because I I talk to a lot of fighters, and one of the problems with the, the whole thing of fighters is there's a class of fighters that their whole dream is just to get into the UFC. Yeah, and people are talking about oh why, why won't the fighters band together? Why don't they do anything about pay? Because there's a whole class of fighters. Their whole dream is just to get the UFC. They're just happy to be there. Yeah, and she's one of them. She's just yeah. she just oh I just love being here. That's it. That was my life goal. Okay. Well, and, you know, and I remember there, there's a couple of things that I want to say here about Molly though. When she got her first her very first bonus because I believe this is her third one in like five fights. But when she got her first bonus, there's a video of her and she is sobbing. I mean, it's she's so emotional it, and she is just crying and she's telling the person asked her, why are you so emotional right now? And she says, because I come from nothing. And that has stuck with me. Oh my goodness, that sticks with me because she is that kind of fighter, John, but she is that way because she comes from nothing. Do you know why they call her Meatball? Do you know the story behind that? She Do, do we want to know? Yeah. I mean, I think okay. it's awesome. And that I, I think okay. it's also more awesome that she kept why, her, her nickname that somebody else, like a group of people, her whole gym called her this. They nicknamed her this. And it's kind of messed up at the beginning. But the fact that she embraced it was like her, her pardon the expression, it's her fuck you to everybody. But she used mm -hmm. to work at Subway. And Subway, they have meatball subs. And it was the permeating scent that would be all over her when she would get off her shift and then go straight to go train. 
And uh, so they see, started see telling her, God, you smell like meatballs. And so they started calling her when she would come in, they would call her meatball and it stuck. And so yep. she embraced that. And I love that. She embraced that. And so she became meatball Molly. Well, that's, that's, a good, that's, I mean, that's, still, that's still a good nickname. I mean, yeah. she could have worked at Subway and come in a bit. They could have been tuna, you know, yeah, tuna sure. casserole Molly. But, that but still, really I just thought nice, that was right? kind of cool because it started out kind of, you know, kind of on shaky ground there. Damn, girl, you smelling like where you just came from. You smelling like meatball subs. Uh, I I just, all I'm going to add though is Tommy Hitman Hearns and Rob, Roberto Duran both came from nothing, and yet they weren't happy to be there. Well, yeah, John, look, look at John. Look at that guy. Look, you know, he's just, boxing, he's just embittered. He's just embittered about being finishing out of the money again. Come on. <laughs> you have to also well, you're going to rain on this woman's parade. Come on, John. Yeah. Stop, stop. But also you're looking at boxing. You're looking at boxing where the it, it's it's not UFC was never around at that time. There wasn't a whole a whole organization where they were well, 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 but yeah but Steph see, you, now you're, you're entertaining the fancies of a lunatic you, you can't win this you can't win okay. this you I'm just, gonna, you know. I was talking to a trainer recently oh I'm sure you were yes and he was telling me about because he's big on he, he's also big and he likes the subject I talked about so he contacted me and he, he was talking about fighters doing something to improve their condition but he was explaining to me and I, I'd agree with him the, the problem that fighters have and Molly McCann is probably one of them is the fighters in their eyes, the UFC is everything. There's no yeah, most yeah fighters, right. there was no pride in Strike Force when they started. They started watching after those guys were mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. The idea yeah. that only the UFC exists, that only Dana White has been the figurehead of MMA for their entire viewing existence for most of these fighters. In their eyes, if it isn't the UFC, the, the idea that you can go somewhere else to make more money doesn't even make sense. It, it yeah, all yeah. matters is getting the UFC, and and whatever they give you is what I'm going to get, what I deserve in the sport. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that, you know what? That kind of goes hand in hand with what I was just saying too. The fact that she does come from nothing, very very small beginnings, by her own admission. Yeah. That that makes them really, really grateful. And that's what the UFC wants. You're absolutely right, John. Yeah. But I just want you to have a little bit softer look for her because she's not one of the ones like the Michael Chandlers that came from that came from Bellator where they were making money hand over fist at Bellator. Yeah. Um, yeah. To get over here and just get all the silver platter treatment and then go out there and talk about how UFC pay is just fine. He is not the you go ahead and you lay into him. But for a girl like her, where that I mean, she's she's not anywhere there yet. But she's yeah. grateful because look, she's fresh in the organization and she came from very small beginnings. I, I'm not laying into her specifically, but she, I I, she's one of a group of she's that she represents that mass yeah. of fighters that have that same opinion, that yeah. same view. Which you know, I'm just I personally not like that that viewpoint. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on, though, because we do must buzz through. Uh, Vulcan Uzdemir getting the win over Paul Craig. You know what? Paul Craig let us all down. God dang it. This guy rattles off three, four wins in a row. Looks like, um, you know what? We all know what he looks like. He goes in and he loses a lot of the fight, but he ha- he's the comeback kid. I mean, if it does hit the ground, you know what happens. Mm-hmm. 
But Vulcan Uzdemir was a pretty smart fighter in there. <laughs> And got it done on the feet very, very well. But Paul Craig had his moment in the first round. Oh, yeah. Man. But you know, there was this, there was a series, a Kurt Osiander's finisher series that I fought in once. And um, I liked the premise. The rounds were 15 minutes long. And if at the end of 15 minutes, nobody had won, you both lost. So this was a great setup for a guy like me who was like, I'm not even going to try to win. I just want to make the other guy lose, right? So, um, I mean, I didn't do too much outside of stymie, stymie, stymie. Once Craig got the guy, uh, Uzumir, down the ground, all he had to do was stymie the guy. It's like the only people who lose against Craig are the ones who are like, oh, I'm going to try to outgrapple him. And then they end up losing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you just want to stymie Cat, then it's easy to do. Yeah. Stymie him. And that's exactly, excuse me, that's exactly what happened. So, but it was a, it was a bad look for Craig though. It's always a bad look when you're trying to get somebody to grapple with you and they don't want to grapple with you mm-hmm. because we, we draw a parallel between that and the street fight. And that's where you get all these internet memes of guys trying to pull guard on a guy who stand there on the sidewalk. It's like, yes, yeah, right. If you end up being on the ground, fine. And, but, you know, and he was delivering stuff standing up, but it was just, it was, it's a failed strategy. The, re- the reality is, does it, do people now have his number? And I, it'd be, it would be hard not to. Yeah. We'll see if the, you see what happens next run, you know? Because while he's a good grappler, he's not that great a wrestler. Correct. Yeah. Correct. John, what did you think? Well, first, I think Eugene's theme song was Body Count, uh, The Winner Loses for that promotion. So, <laughs> and uh, no, it's, I mean, he, 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 I got excited. I jumped on the Paul Craig bandwagon here. And I, it, you forget that he punches, he's standing up, he's underwater. And, uh, and it actually looked like, when it looked like Vulcan was playing good defense, he, it almost looked like Craig was in panic mode for the take, you know, to, to yes. try to set up something yep. for the rest of the fight. So I knew he was in trouble right away. And, you know, it, it was not a, it was a, it was a bad fight. I mean, Craig, Craig's not, Craig's a good submission guy, but you know, he's not, he's not athletic and his standup's not good. So if he doesn't have that going for him, man alive, does he just not look good out there? Um, I'm always, when I see those kind of, um, those failed takedown attempts where they they look so lackluster. It reminds me of those um, those cartoon, those animated drawings of uh, like the '50s woman in the '50s dress, and she's got the the one baby on her hip and the other one's grabbing her around the ankle. That's what Paul Craig reminded me of. The way that he was going for these loose, they they looked loose. You know what I mean? His yep, arms weren't yep. even firmly grasped or anything. It just looked like he was, I don't know, like a hula hoop around his legs. It was crazy. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I'm so disappointed. And and you're right, Eugene. He's he's a great grappler, but man, is he a gicta or a gict? You tell me. No, 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 no. He's not a gifter yet. I don't even say he's a gift, you know. I mean, it's just eventually somebody had to get the number, right? So that's all. The question is, will he adjust now? And and if we're speaking honestly to each other, I feel in my heart of hearts that he's not the kind of a guy who would adjust. But, well, we'll see. All right. Next up, Ludovic Klein getting the win over Mason Jones. Yep. It was a fight like that happened. One. It was good. All right. Um, Eugene, 
Uh, this is the fight that I came back in. So right, I finished training and started watching this one again. And it was uh, fine. I, I don't, there's nothing. I mean, it was a fight. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing I feel remarkable about it. You know? So, John? I, yeah, I, I don't think I watched this one. I can't, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't remember because, you, you know, a lot of just fights. Yeah. Because eight, eight hours and 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes, that's what, yeah. I I got in, um, where did I come in at? It was the fight before Mac won. Yeah, the Mokaya fight was when I came in. But uh, this next fight, man, I wish I had skipped it. This is the, this fight is what made the difference in our picks this week and what made me win. Otherwise, I would have been tied with John at three and three. But because I picked this fight and I picked it correctly, it made my picks four and three. So my percentage was higher, giving me the win for the week. Well, well I don't Marty think it should count. Cheesy, yes, he soundly outclassed, dominated Demir Hadzovic, but in the most boring, yeah. slow Oh my God, the time literally crawled during this was the longest 15 minute fight ever. Yeah. If you were if you if you were following me on the Twitter machine, oh this God. is where I'm tweeting out torture. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had it on and I didn't even watch it. I had I had stuff to do. You I'm like, you know what? I just started zoning out. I was I, I think I started vacuuming and stuff and or mopping. I can't remember what I was saying, but it's something, it's a housework. You know how they always have all those sayings. Uh, uh, the ending is the better part of valor for John. Yes. For John, absence is the better part of valor. If you missed yeah, this when yeah. you were the yeah. you were valorious this time. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I just think I made the wise decision. There's better things to do with my time than watching that. Yeah. All right. This next fight was a decent one. I did like this one. Nathaniel Wood, I mean, he looked incredible in there. Um, Charles Rosa, my God. Yep. Yep. This is a uh, this is a good grappler, but he can't put it together anymore. What happened, Eugene? But he fought, you know, the thing is, people sometimes win by losing. And I have to say, I have not seen a Charles Rosa fight where he hasn't seemed game till the very end mm -hmm. and That's excited true. about being yeah. there. And generally you leave, it's like the last scene of a Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Where Tarantino realized, you already know that uh, Vincent Vega is dead, but by having them walk out, you feel good when you leave the movie, right? Okay. So Charles Rosa's fights the same way. He loses, but generally, man, he's like, yeah, that that was, that was a fight. That, that, that was a fight. And, yeah. it, you know, he, he did, he did, you know, he did Wood a great service. Wood looks great. Rosa looks memorable. You feel like it was a good fight. You come out of it feeling okay. That's how you. That's how you fail upwards. Okay, I I like the way you put that, and that that is the vibe I get off of him too. Man, he is a game pit bull. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What what is it that you just say? There's no giving that guy. Yeah. yeah maybe there should right. be a little bit if the guy wants a career, but you know what? He has a career. He's a good loser. Yeah. <laughs> All which, right. Which, which, which we've seen is a lot better than a sore winner. Yeah. John, what did you think? Um, I thought Wood dominated. I thought it was just yeah. one-sided. And so, I, again, I started doing stuff because I thought this fight's decided. All right. This next fight. My goodness. Jonathan Pierce. Woof. That knockout to the ground and pound, the knockdown to the ground and pound over Mac Wan Amir Khani. Oh, 
Man. Well, people are complaining about the fence grab, but I don't think that had much to do with it. Yeah. I don't care. But still, poor Macwan, this guy, man. Yeah, well, you know, he's he's chum at this point. Yeah. He's gotta he's gotta know that. You get you the only only way to keep from being chum is to fight your way out of being chum. And he tried, but you know, sometimes you look in the mirror. John? I, I came in right after this fight. For some reason, I couldn't go back and watch it because ESPN, you know, it's, it's stream. You think I'd be able to rewind and watch it? I couldn't, and I couldn't find it on Twitter either. The the outcome, the knockouts, I didn't see anything on this. This somehow it feels like John's life story. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, excuse me, sorry, didn't mean to hit my uh, mic stand here. But in the interest of time, we're going to just keep it moving along here. Muhammad Makayev. Very dominant performance over Charles Johnson. What can you say here? He won. He he smoked the guy. That was it, you know? Gents? Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. I, yeah no, nothing it. more to say. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Next up, Jai Herbert taking the win off Kyle Nelson. Unanimous decision. Eh. Fight. Happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Victoria yeah. Leonardo getting the win over Mandy Baum. Okay. Uh decent enough fight. Nothing stand out about it though. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, let's see here. And opening the the uh card, Nicholas Dalby, unanimous decision over Claudio Silva again. Fight. It happened. Yeah, Nothing yeah. memorable. The whole yeah. card, if I were to rate this card, I'd give it about a four. Out of ten. Yep. Yeah. yep. All right. We're gonna move on here to UFC two seventy seven. Whoa, whoa, Eugene, one thing we've both missed is oh my goodness, the disclaimer because we have bumbled it between the two of us for three weeks running. No, no, we, we were getting letters of praise saying it's so much better when, when uh, I do it. Uh, okay. Cry babies, bedwetters, greedy bread gobblers, work shy individuals, fault finders, malingerers. This has less to do with your sk- greedy bread gobblers. This has less to do with your skills and talents as a fighter and much more to do with the marketing have to wait put behind you by the overlords at the fail, formerly failed IPO folks at Endeavor and or the Baldwin and the Oopsie. If you don't like being on the don't care side of the equation, the solution is simple. Fight an exciting fight. Until then, don't come crying to us bedwetters. Boom. As always, we are working from the Tapology Quick Sheet from the bottom up. Bout order is subject to change. Woo. Opening this card, Blood Diamond against Orion Cochet. Um, I don't care what anybody says, and I don't care that he lost his first fight. I will be watching this fight. I am covering, but I'll be watching this because, holy cow, a guy named Blood Diamond with a whole bunch of uh, wins on the outside is going to fight another guy named Orion. (laughs) Of course I'm going to watch this fight. Yeah, you're an optimist. I'm not going to be watching it. Yeah, I am. Who am I going to take? I don't know. Let me throw a dart here. I'm going to try... Screw it. I'm going to take Blood Diamond. How about that? Okay. Uh, John, I know you're going to... Oh, no. No, don't care. Don't even want to talk about it. Y'all are so boring. Come on. I just got out of eight hours and 15 minutes of MMA. Don't tell me about boring. All right. Yeah. I watched Bellator Friday night, too, so... (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, next up at light heavyweight. Oh, definite skip here. Y'all are going to have fun with the way I pronounce these. Okay, Nick Nagumaranu versus Eeyore Potiera. I think that's how you say it. Anyways, that is at light heavyweight. I don't, I recognize Nick. I don't recognize the other guy. Um, I don't care. This division is ugh, just awful. Um, don't care. Gentlemen. Nope. No, I'm not caring. No, no. Nope. You'll be back to me. All right. Next up, ladies, flyway. Gian Kim versus Jocelyn Edwards. Hmm. I don't. John, is this on the relevancy thing? I don't think it is. Right? No, okay. no, no. Okay. Uh, Eugene. No, no. Okay. Come on. I'm. I'm also gonna take a flyer on that one. Uh, next up at welterweight, Michael Morales versus Adam uh, Fujit. I don't care. Ooh. Oh, if his if his fight nickname is not Tempest, I don't. I don't know what's wrong with this world. <laughs> Uh, I, but I don't care. I, I don't care. Sorry. I, I don't either. John? I, I would prefer to spend our time talking about potential nicknames for Adam Fujit than, uh, than the fight. So Is no. Fujit or fuck it? Fuck it. Just fuck it. Just fuck it, right? See, that would Come be, on. If, it, if, it's, if it's fuck it, it's just fuck it. If it's, if it's Fujit, it's Tempest Fujit. So that, there we go. We've settled it. That's the names. His, that's his options. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, next up. Oh, one of Eugene's favorite names, Drakkar Close versus Rafa Garcia. But that's a that's a dark star. You mentioned mm-hmm. Drakkar Close. I was like, man, I thought he was cut. Mm-mm. Nope, nope, nope. Let's. But, see. I'm, no, sorry, but I, I'm pretty sure he won his last fight. He did. He did. Okay. He, um, yeah. He read, he's only lost once in the last um, three years, four years. Where is he on the relevancy scale? Because I find myself tending toward not caring about this. He's he's relevant. Yeah, I he don't is. I don't I don't put his opponent relevant for this fight though. I mean he's Garrett. beaten Bobby Green, Lando Venata, Christos Yagos, uh Brandon Jenkins, Mark Yeah, yeah well yeah, we know that about him, but the guy he's fighting. Gar- Garcia's won his last couple, but he's still outside of my uh, I don't think he's in fight matrix's top. 40 so it's yeah. i mean it's close to a relevant fight but Hang on. for me personally it's too early in the day to for that on the edge fight to make it but he has good. A, yeah. he has good wins here though natan levy is that awesome awesome grappler and he's got a win over him he's got a win over jesse ronson humberto bandane eric gonzalez esteban payan um, yeah, he's, he's, he's on a, a win streak, but he was—he had a couple losses before yes. that, right? He okay. does have two losses. Chris Gritzmacher, Nazrat Hakparastar is two losses. Yeah, that's why I think he's—he's he's just he's just outside of relevancy. He's just waiting for a win to get in the. I mean, this fight is like I said, this fight's really close. The winner of this is definitely in relevancy, going to fight a relevant fighter. But I don't know. For me personally, it's it's too close. <laughs> it's just one guy's relevant, one guy's not, and. I on a, on a with a lot better fights around it. I don't know what's the next fight actually. Is, see if I'll tune in or not. Oh no, you won't. 
Okay, then then no, I won't. It just it, by itself, I can't recommend it by itself to go out of your way to watch it. It's not relevant enough. Especially when it's sandwiched in between two absolute don't give a shit fights. You know, it's sandwiched right in between two of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to care because this next fight is at heavyweight. It's Dante Myers versus Hamdi Abdelwahab. Oh, that's super relevant. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I no. don't care. Taking a huge yeah. flyer, a 265 yeah, yeah. pound flyer here. Yeah, I don't care. All right. Next up at lightweight. Very fun fight here. Drew Dober versus Rafael Alves. Um, I don't care. Be- oh, the only reason why is because it's not relevant. And I'm not going to be sending people to watch a fight that might be just Drew Dober absolutely mauling somebody that shouldn't be in there with them. Or yep. Drew Dober gets dropped by somebody that shouldn't be in there with them. I don't care. I'm sorry. It's, I, yeah, I, it yeah. looks lopsided to me. Yeah, I, I don't care. Yeah, what's weird is I, this fight is relevant, actually, but I don't care because I, I think these guys uh, <laughs> are been hovering in the ratings too long. I don't think Drew Dober's as good as where he sits on all on all everybody's rankings. Let me look at Alves here. Alves, um, he has a, a win over Mark Diakizi, but a, a loss to Demir Magilov. He's got some losses earlier in his career. He has a loss to Wagner Rocha. Hmm. So uh, it looks here. His lo- Here's a loss to Alexandre- Alessandre Pimentel guillotine. Um, lost to Wagner Rocha by a leg kick. Uh, lost to Jason Fisher, another injury loss. Um, lost to Demiraz Magilov. He got out-wrestled in that. I remember that one. That's why I'm saying it seems like it's kind of lopsided here. Yeah, well, my, my problem, thing with Alves is, too, is he, he doesn't have many UFC fights, does he? And he's coming in with, like, a, a double-digit losses. That's not a good sign when I don't think he's been fighting major promotions. Yeah. It's not like he's on, you know, when, if you're fighting the main cards of Bellator or PFL or or Ryzen and you got a lot of losses because you started that, that's okay. You can improve. But if you've got a lot of losses because you're on some local promotion. Yeah. And uh, a lot of these are in jungle fight and para regional and, you, you know, some really, really small organizations. He took a lot of losses early on. I mean, his record, I believe is 20 and 10, nine, no, 19 and 10, 20 and 10. Yeah. 20 and 10. So, yeah. That, that's, that's always a, my spider sense goes off when I see that. That's why I, I say it yeah. to me. It seems kind of lopsided, you know, <laughs> yep. whether, whether it's relevant or not for, it seems like it would only be relevant for Drew Dober. Yeah. That's why I don't, I, I just don't, yeah. even though technically it, it meets my relevancy uh, metric, I, I just don't, I don't think enough of them to, to actually rate it that high. So no, I'm going to skip it. All righty. Uh, at this point, I'm the only one with a care on the board, and it's only because it's Orion versus Blood Diamond. <laughs> oh. Well, this 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 is what they uh, you know this is the risk they run when they abuse with this eight hour and fifteen minute bit, you know. Right. Next up, this is absolutely a fun fight at welterweight. I am. Thinking action all over it. Matt Simmelsberger versus Alex Morono, two dudes that don't know how to be boring. It is not relevant, though. 
But if you want an action fight, I would recommend this. I'll say that. Yeah. If you want yeah, to sit yeah, down okay. and watch two dudes just turn it into a slobber knocker, you probably get that with this because Matt Simmelsberger hits like a Mack truck. And Alex Morono is willing to do just about anything. Anyways, um, yeah, what's that? Well, given it, give it, give it how much time John and I both spend at 7-Eleven, we know if we want slobber knockers, we just got to head out for a Slurpee. I don't need to sit in front of a TV and watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this is another fight that's on the cusp of relevancy because uh, Morono is ranked high and, and Samuelsberg is actually pretty high as well. It just, God, I'm, I'm, I kind of care, but I, I don't know. The, the fights before this have kind of turned me off to the point where I'm not excited to tune in yet. So I can't. Yep, yep, it's yep. a worthwhile fight, people. You, you, if you're interested, watch it. I'm not going to say it's not a worthwhile fight, but it's not. It's not enough that I say you have to watch it. So I can't recommend yep. it. Yep. All right. Okay, so let's see here. Next up, we have Magomed Ankalaev versus Anthony Smith. This fight is relevant. It is at light heavyweight. This is like way up there. This is probably a contender fight right here. This is a so who was it? Who's it again? I'm sorry. Magomed Ankalaev and Anthony yes. Smith. I, I like yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I'm an I'm an Anthony Smith fan, so I'm taking Anthony Smith here. I do think he can get it done too. So, yep. Anthony, I don't. I do. <laughs> yeah, I. I you take it. On I, 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 I'm an Anthony Smith booster, but I tend to think he's not going to pull this off either. Okay, so you guys are going Arkaliev. Yeah. yeah, I like I like listening to Smith. He's a fun guy to listen to. Very smart, but I just uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, bad. I just think it's a bad matchup for him. Okay. Well, I will take Smith. Y'all take Ankalaev. We'll see how it turns out. Next up, man. This the all right. These next fights. I mean, I just care about all of them. Let's just get that out there. This is a top heavy card. The main card worth its weight in gold. The rest you can just throw them out the window. Uh, Alessandra Pantoge versus Alex Perez at flyweight. It's relevant as all get out, and it's fire. My God, I'm taking Pantoge absolutely, but Perez firmly in this. This is a pick 'em fight. Holy cow, I love it. Pantoge for me. Yeah, well, you're the one who got me to start caring about Pantoge to begin with. Yep. So that has continued. And, uh, and yeah, I'm excited about this fight. Uh, I'm going to pick him win. as well. Super good fight. John. I, I think I picked him, Pantos, to lose to Brandon Royval last time we we had him, mm. which I'm not going to make that mistake twice. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going with him this time. And I like Perez. It's yeah. A, yeah it's, it's, it's This is a pretty good fight. It sure is. All right. Next up. <coughs> Man, I worry here. And the reason I worry isn't because there's anything wrong with Derek Lewis. I worry because every time he fights in anywhere near his his home, and remember this this card is taking place in Dallas. Derek is from Texas. He's from over in Houston. But the thing is, is I just have this fear that he's close enough to Houston because we all know what happens when he fights at home. He loses. He's fighting Sergey Pavlovich here. He should win this fight. But is he close enough to home? <laughs> is it going to rub off? Are some of those particles going to make it over, make him lose? I'm taking Derek mm. Lewis here. Damn it. 
Hopefully he's far yeah. enough away. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't help it. I'm, you know, I'm a yeah, Derek booster. I can't stop. So, John. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm taking Lewis too, but I'm not confident in my pick. Mm. I just, I'm not. I'm not confident. Lewis is, is. Uh, I'm not even confident that he should be an overwhelming favorite in this fight at all. I think yeah. it's, it's almost a pick. I, it's at this point where Lewis, what he's showing to be and stuff, it's kind of a coin but i'm still gonna go lewis i still think he's he's just he's got an eraser that gets him out of a lot of problems that's true all right and so, yeah, that. we're getting to the the last two fights and they are title fights we have the interim belt here man i love this fight so much and honestly as much as i love amanda nunez this fight should actually be the main the main event but I digress. Brandon Moreno versus Kai Kara France. Wow, what a fight. And you know what? Normally, I would pick Brandon Moreno, but I'm so torn here because I love both these guys. And all three of us have been boosters of both guys. Holy crap, are y'all as torn on this as I am? I don't know what you're sort, sort of, but I feel comfortable with... Uh... With picking uh, uh, um, Kai Kara France, he's been consistently Ooh. impressive. Kai Kara France, yeah, uh, as the original Kai Kara France bandwagon jumper, and then who stupidly jumped off his bandwagon for his last win. Uh, yeah, I think I did. I can't remember. I did for one yeah, fight. All of really, us did a... remember. I made a comment about how we were yeah. all on the bandwagon and we picked wrong. Yeah, so I, I'm not. Thing is. Uh, coming in, you'd think Moreno should be the favorite. He's, you know, he's proven himself as a top fighter. But I got fights like this. It's he, often the guy is the guy that was the former chance not fighting for an interim as has a letdown. Yeah, he's not. Something happens mentally, whatever. I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna write the universe and stick to my Kai Carafans fandom for this and go with the upset. All right. So here's my take. Brandon Moreno and Kai Kara France are this, sort of the same in their drive. Man, these two guys want it so bad. They just fight, pedal to the metal, balls to the wall all the time. They seem like the definition of go-getters, right, Eugene? When you see a guy in the gym that's just always training and he's always doing well because he's always at it constant 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 you you know in my family we have a a running joke that anytime in the press they describe somebody as a go-getter that person inevitably has died wow attacked by a mountain lion fell into a volcano stumbled while taking a selfie always described in the press later as how they was such a real go-getter so it's taken on a comedic oh. deadly comedic proportion for me now but i know what you're saying okay <laughs> yeah because that's not what i was going for but anyway yeah. they just seem like such man just constant work constant work i i love it i don't know which way to go i mean i because you know I'm such an assassin baby fan, but I think I'm actually going to take high car friends here. Yep. 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 Smart move. Okay. So we get to the main event, Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena. I'm taking Nunes. I'm not even looking at this. I'm taking Nunes. Boop. Yeah. Anybody? 
Yeah, I'm taking, I, yeah, I'm taking yeah. Nunes as well. I mean, it supports my narrative that the first fight was it was a was a rig. Well, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I will take. Oh come on! And, it, you, and you, it, you know who it, else? If I'm, it's Sunny, if it's Sunny Liston, Cassius Clay all over again, then guess what? Sunny Liston loses again. Yeah, right. That, that's true. That's true. Well, he had already run afoul of dudes at that point. So, um, but listen, you let's just kind of step away for a second here. What are the odds on uh, Hamsat and, and Diaz? Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Hamsat opened at a, as a 2,000 favorite. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put $100 on Diaz. It's just too tempting. Yeah. It's just too tempting to, you know, to, I don't know, too tempting. In other words, what I'm saying is I, I think dirty things happen when you get these strange, crazy numbers. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe Nunez will lose. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't think so. I'm picking Nunez. Okay. And John? Uh, I got to go with Nunez. I mean, the odds are picking Nunez, Eugene. She's a heavy favorite, not as heavy as she was before. But uh, but there is a chance. I mean, maybe she is mentally checked out of the sport. Maybe she no longer you know, is not the fighter she was. But... I can't believe it. I think it was a fl- she. I think she was distracted. She was tired, but she's going to come back win this. She might retire soon after, but she's she's going to come back and kick the crap out of Pena. Well, that's the hope. But you know what? I'm going to draw a parallel here. There was another fight this weekend. Bellator. It was a title fight. Douglas Lima and um, the guy. Oh, Jackson. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember his first name, but in any event. Lima is the classic example of a very dominant champion. He was dominant, sort of like Amanda Nunes for for a good long while. But he, when he started losing, it was rapid. He's one of those ones we always talk about. Sometimes it takes him a while to actually come fully apart at the seams. Sometimes, though, it's guys that... The cliff is right there. Immediately, they get to the top and then, bam, they just fall right off. Holy crap. Douglas Lima just is a shell of himself. And it's crazy. One minute, he was just winning, winning, winning. And then, bam, he can't catch a win with a net now. What if yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's my fear for yeah, Nunez. But I just don't think that's it's That's exactly true. what you're. what I'm getting to is uh, that <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Because she could be. Doug Lima. We'll find out with this fight because if she loses, I'm sorry, but who are you picking? I I'm picking Nunez, but man, yeah. I'm I'm real shaky on it. Oh yeah, just also the guy on Friday that beat Lima was uh Jason Jackson, the ass kicking machine. Yes, I I just Jackson, but uh, yes, yeah, terrible terrible nickname for that performance. <laughs> but anyways, that's my point. So, all right. We are, um, we've got quite a few picks on the board here, at least five for Eugene, at least five for John, and six for me. So, Eugene, you've been gone for a while. Tell us what you got coming up. Uh, I finished the Bunuel tour diary, the last one. So I'm going to, since I, I effectively, all you Look what you made me do. Eugene S. Robinson Substack subscribers doubled up. You had twice instead of one a week. You had two a week. So this week I'm taking off. You still have got more uh, than your uh, professed allotment. So you're fine. 
the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper, however, will be extra long. It recorded uh, yesterday. Those of you listening on Monday should go back and listen to it. It'll it'll have my voice sounding very much like this, but uh, that's what happens when you do 16 shows in a row. Um, if things work right uh, on Wong duty this week, I will have up close and personal live five with none other than Mike Patton from uh, Faith No More. I'm not jinxing it because it's already happening. I just want to get the best Mike Patton possible, especially after he canceled these uh, spate of shows with Faith No More due to unnamed personal problems. Um, but he was game game to do the live five, and it's going to be an exciting thing if I can get it to go. Tuesday, I'm back on If the Shoes Fit, and uh, and uh, and that's the end of the week, unless I die. Oh, good God. All right. John? Um, I'm making funeral plans for Eugene. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just have a suspicion. Not, you know, nothing, nothing major. Just uh, meet me by the railroad, Eugene, on Thursday. That's the is planned. Uh, I got what I got going this week. I'm on. I'm back on. If the shoe fits this Tuesday, um, I'm going to try to get out of it because I really don't need to see someone there. Uh, I'm back on Care Don't Care next week. I have been working my ass off trying to get a video that Steph guilted me on. Uh, <laughs> I just got to finish a couple things, so hopefully I'll have that out either Wednesday or Saturday this week. And I have a. Uh, uh, I I might write an article. I thought about writing an article about. I haven't done it yet, but maybe today I'll do it about uh, Nate Diaz's contracts. You know what happened led up to the commit Shamaya fight in his contract situation. Oh, I oh, like that. Yeah, I'd be yeah. interested to hear read Me that. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Please give us that. All right. So on that note, guys, please stay safe and join us next week. Thank you for listening to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, hop over to the Bloody Elbow Presents SoundCloud and iTunes pages, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We are also on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, The Mookie and Crookie Show, The MMA Vivisection, The Level Change Podcast, The Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, Sixth Round Retro, The MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, and Radio Style Play-by-Play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow blog, and as always on BloodyElbow.com. <laughs>